It's that time of the week again, bitch. It is another fabulous episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your trashy, shit-talking host, Christy Miller. And we are coming to you sort of live from the comic strip here in New York City. And this week's guest, I am so excited. You don't even know how fabulous and delicious this person is. Um, he is the owner of the Laugh Tour Comedy Club in Jersey City, which I was just at last night for a couple shows. Amazing. And you may have seen him on or heard him, not even seen him, in the old days of Howard Stern. Oh, and you saw me too. You yes, see <laughs> he was doing some... Oh, that's... We can talk about a little... Yeah, yeah we'll talk about it, yes. And he was featured on Queer, the original Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, where the very first gay men were allowed on TV open. You know, <laughs> very old school, a close friend. I love this man so much, Rich Kiamko. Wow, oh, thank you. It's good to be here. It's so weird to hear you say the original version <laughs> of Queer Eye. That, I, when I was on it, it was this crazy idea like, oh my God, gay people are on TV being gay, yeah. helping straight people. And there was like this revolution. Yeah. I mean, we were like in the center square of Hollywood Squares being like, Snap Queenie, but still straight. You know, like yeah. we were actually just be gay. <laughs> Paul Lynn, but not out. <laughs> right, right. We were like, yeah, it was very strange. I mean, even then it was still gay people weren't gay centered. They were like gay, like helping the straight person was the. Yeah, they were like the background. Like, right. Like the, they the were, horse behind. They were the man behind the curtain of the Wizard of Oz. Right. I mean, they were the stars, but the idea was still these are the gay people that are helping straight people. Yeah. Not just gay people living their, their lives. I mean, I don't even know it. But it is to be gay people. I, I've been doing this so long. Am I still gay? <laughs> yes. There's so many letters and sort of uh, you know, clarifications in the rainbow now. I'm like, I don't even. I was still. I came out when they were still using the word oriental. Okay. So, Hilarious. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> My mom still says Thailand. I'm like, mom, it's Thailand. Oh, I love the bud from Thailand. <laughs> it's good Oriental, but mom, you've been completely calling. Thailand is a porn category, <laughs> mom. Right, we have right. to stop, all right? <laughs> no, I love food from Thailand. Thailand. It's very spicy. <laughs> Let's be careful. The Thai food is very spicy. You're like, really, ma? Really? Are we doing this? Lo look, I love my mom. I love my mom. I just want to clarify. I love my mom, but wow. <laughs> We'll close with my mom's joke she wanted me to use. Yes. Okay. So anyway, yes. We'll close that. Um, oh, my God. It's so, like there's so many letters now in your community that it's like now we're going to have to be like my community. I'm not part of those letters. I'm like just gay. I am. Actually, I'm an ally, an asshole, an atheist, an, uh, an antagonist, an absolute douchebag. That's me, you know. Oh, well, I think the gay guys love you. I saw you actually, I saw you at... Uh... Performing at Pride at Gay and Sober. And I was oh, like, that was oh. so fun. And I was in there for just a little bit, but I was like, oh, okay. And it's funny because that particular audience is obviously gay. It's all gay men, but they're also sober. So they're going to laugh differently. They're present. Yeah. They're going to laugh differently. Their reaction time. And it's the the whole setup, that whole conference. It's a different setup. It's corporate. It's very stiff. Yeah. They're being, you know, scheduled into each 
speech or each talk or each event is scheduled. Like they're on a reg like they're on a you know vacation, like gay in a way. Gay. It's like a gay <laughs> seminar. Like we're yeah. gonna really get you. You're gonna pull your life together, support each other, and oh, here's a performer. Yeah. yeah. Here's a piece of shit on the stage talking trash that loves you. I'm not... <laughs> right. But yeah, it's a different vibe doing corporate events than it is being in a club, and it's like. Yeah. How do you get 350 gay? Well, you had, I told my friend Christian, who owns the, the organization, I said, well, you had me at 350 gays. That's all. I'm in. I don't care what it is. I'm in. And he goes, but they're sober. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fun. Because then it's going to be a real reaction. And they're right. not. Ex they're expecting it, but they're not expecting it. Right. And I, I when you say three, a room full of 350 sober gay men, I'm like, ooh. When? Where? <laughs> Are you going to stay there and not play? I mean, when I first came to New York, I think I had at least, I mean, maybe six guys called me from rehab to make amends. There's, there's, there were just a lot of really hot guys with abs that would just black out. And then they'd call me and make amends saying, you know, I'm sorry I called you at four in the morning. They didn't talk like, sorry I called you at 4 a.m. in the morning. I needed $800, but I didn't need 800 because I was... Mugged. I'm like, yeah, I figured it. Four in the morning. Mugged. Mugged. <laughs> you just had eight hundred dollars on you. Like, yeah. For what? Your rent payment. Which in those days was tricking. <laughs> if you know, I could. I was. This is back in the old days. This is so old to go. I'm screening a voicemail message on my answering machine at four in the morning. It's like the rainstorm is happening. I don't have air conditioning, so the windows are open. There's like wind blowing it, and there's a beep. Hey. Yeah, it's me. Uh, can you pick up? I, I'm actually just down the street. I, I, I just got mugged. I need $800. Are you, are you, can you go to the bank machine with me? Like, that is the, that's the old well. school uh, Facebook messenger. Hey, can you give me 150 and I'll pay you back with interest? Right, with right, me? right, right. Like, okay. right. I'm in a prison. I'm a, I'm a Nigerian prince and I'm, I'm versatile. <laughs> Oh, but that event was so. I was so mad that you didn't that I didn't get to see you that night, though. Yeah, well, it was like I was in, but I was also running show, you know, running right, the club. So I was like, I got me, I got to go. There's a million things happening, and I wanted to, I wanted to connect to the gay and sober community, and but I also had all the other stuff I needed to do. So yeah, you have like you know responsibilities, a life, you know, a career. I mean, when people when guys come to the gay and sober, it's like their weekend. They come. Most of those people that go there are not from New York City. No, I met the most amazing people that night in the audience afterwards that were hugging me, taking pictures, or from Minnesota, from Arizona, right? You know, right. Wisconsin, and they right. all came out. Y'all, go. You came to New. Well, okay. Yeah, it's a big. It's a it's, huge it's thing. Amazing. I did a. I did a. I think it's a beautiful. Yeah, I did a show, a sober a gay man's sober show in like uh, Dallas. And that was more like regional, but people still come from, you know, it's, it's, it's I forget because I live in New York or I live in Jersey City, which is like New York adjacent, yeah. uh, that I'm around a queer community all the time. Yeah. But for them, it's a little more. So different. It's yeah. so spread out and so segregated and so like alienated, really. Right. And, and, you know, it's just, it's, it's just, it was a really great night. And I really loved the whole community. And I'm straight edge. I don't do drugs. I never had a real really? love. I never gave a shit about it. Like my drug of choice is the iron. Um, you, know, you know, I like lifting weights. I'm not a, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like being out of control. Like in my 20s and stuff, I would drink, but it'd be like two drinks and that was my max. Like I couldn't handle anymore and I would just stop. I never, I mean, my brother would have keg parties and I would hang out and then I would, you know, hang out with all their friends and then I would tell on him the next day. <laughs> It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. The bitch and snitch. <laughs> but then I came out. And so before he was the bad boy and I was the good boy. 
And then after, you know, and I would snitch on him. And then after I came out, he was the good boy and I was the bad girl. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You're part of the bad girls club. Yeah, Yeah, club. you can't be gay. So when did you start stand-up? God, I started stand-up when I was 17 years old. I was at FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology. I was a design student. So stereotypical. Anyway, kind of gay. Kind of. Kind of well, they used to call. They used to. I'll say it on. This is what they called it. They called it fags in training. F-T. Yeah, that's hilarious. I used to call it the the fag institute of technology, girl, because they know everything. Yeah, I mean, it was. It was. I mean, I came from a small town in Illinois, so it was exciting to be in a, a you know, in an entire universe where I mean, I was not even that extremely flamboyant. I mean, I had blue hair or whatever, but it wasn't... But that was the time. Yeah, but there are guys going to class f- sequins with a wedding veil, trying to eat tater tots, you know, in the cafeteria. Like, it's a whole other level. Like, yeah. oh my God, I feel homophobic. Like, you're like, I'm, I feel butch, right? Right, I'm really <laughs> hyper-masked. Like, I'm like so mask-presenting. Right. And then the couple straight guys that were there, they would, they would do, it was like 27th Street on the campus. So, I love, uh, I, so you know, yeah. so yeah. it was funny, it's blocked off to traffic. So what the straight, the seven straight guys would do that were there, they would play football in the middle of the campus to attract the, to bring all the women out. They're just throwing a football to each other. And I'm like, and the gay guys would be like, girl, girl, you need like another semester and you're going to be gay too. I mean, there were guys that were just straight, but they were like, Super taking advantage of the five to one ratio of women to men. They were. They I were love the fun. fact that it was only that you guys harassed the straights because now they know how women feel when there's like three girls at the club and there's eight hundred guys. Like well, we we were we were this was still God way back then. So people weren't gay. People weren't even out in design school then because AIDS was still destroying the uh, community. The community yeah. and we as students were afraid that. If we were openly gay, then someone like a big design company wouldn't get put a million dollars into our name because that guy's gonna die in three yeah. years. Oh, he's a high risk. Yeah, high risk. It was so. I mean, it's so weird because we don't even think about that today. But in those days, that was so. There would be guys that were like, "This is gonna look great on my wife. This is gonna be an amazing wedding gown. This Duchess satin is just, you know, and we'd be like, it's going to look amazing on you, bitch. Yeah, girl, you're, Stop. You're, you're designing it for you, girl. Right. We, but, like, we would all kind of play along with this gay. I mean, I wasn't, I was, I guess, openly gay, but sometimes women that I met on campus I became friends with assumed I was straight because I didn't just yell at them, I'm gay! So Because, because everyone else is running around in Reggie. You weren't, like, going, yeah. Like, you didn't, right. you didn't right. have 13 S's in every word, like, well, I was still very, like... <laughs> Now, I, it's great. I said you have 13 S's like in the word turtle. Turtle. <laughs> or crackers. <laughs> crackers has an S. I'm on a crackers. 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 Crack eye. Everything has a lift. I mean, everybody sounds like a snake. I mean, I think I have a dual edge thing. Like, one, I think it's toxic, especially I can hook up apps where they're like straight acting only. You know, if you, that's why guys like, if you want. This is many profiles. If you if you walk into the room and you open your mouth and a designer handbag pops out, I'm I'm out of there, and I'm just like uh, I'm Asian, so when I put knockoffs, when I, yeah, knockoffs <laughs> pop out, right? <laughs> Are we still fucking? Yeah, girl, it's not designer. It's a knockoff. It's a knockoff. So it's not. But but it is toxic, and yet I understand. I mean, because like the last. 
partner I had was like hyper masculine, you know, wake, 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 you know, workout gloves half the time. He was all pumped. Right. He would go to the gym twice a day. He was in. He was really into the iron too. So I, I liked it. He was very Brooklyn. He was so too. It's like I and I understand. Like you know, I grew up in San Francisco. I lived in West Hollywood. Now I live in Hell's Kitchen. So oh my god, you know, You're I like, am the queen of queens. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. I am the big like I am the oldest old school fag hag on the planet. You know, I've been in the West Hollywood parade on floats as the hag. You right, know, right, and, right. And, and honored. You know, and even though Margaret Cho was behind me as the queen, I almost stabbed the bitch. But, oh you know, right, but, right. But, though, um, but you know, I was still like the. I was the girl in West Hollywood, like the hag at the gym and with all the muscle queens and even the twinks and the drags and uh, the entire community. Like I'm a chameleon and I love and you got that community saved my life. Mm. And mm. so being around it so much, it was like I understood why men liked manly men because like a lot of my friends were leather daddies bears you know all that whole fulsome street crowd were my like my my gay husband my best friend lauren marinello was like a fulsome street guy you know with the harnesses yeah, yeah. and the leather and all that stuff and i got it i'm like yeah you love men so you like men i get it i love men too yeah but, there's different types yeah i mean everybody there's a lid for every pot right and i just but i do feel it's a weird i mean the original porn that I saw as a kid is different than there's just a huge. I mean, not that I'm watching a lot of porn now, but there's a huge variety. I do. Well, that's weird. I, I'm in a, I, we could talk about that whole old school joke too. No, oh, I'm like, I, I'm like, I haven't even. Yeah, we can go, we can go to that. I, I, I want to kind of go back to uh, FIT. So yeah, so yeah. I was like a teenager at FIT. They had a talent show, and I said, "Oh, I'll just tell some jokes." Why not? I'm always fooling around in class. And I right. did it. And it was like I had this discovered I was Spider-Man or something. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God, I have. I really do Super have webbing. Powers, yeah. And it's like when people are laughing like that, you're like, oh, my God. I I was so high after that. Yep. And I was like hooked. I'm like, okay, I got to do this. I don't know how this is going to happen. I already killed my parents by not going to medical school and following fashion design. But now I'm like, you're going to be a comedian. Well, don't tell them. Just do that on the down low while you're becoming a fashion designer, yeah. which is already disappointing them. But so the funny thing is, so while I, so I started like hosting uh, school events and the RAs would have me do speech, you know, I, events and just like, Coach, you talk about condoms because we're all afraid to talk about because there was no there was no protocol in those days. Yeah. There How was. to talk about safe sex? Like, well, we don't have to do so. Like, Rich, you're you're outgoing. You you're, tell them you're gay. You should know this, right? You're, you're an expert. Tell them to use condoms. I just made jokes about condoms. I didn't even like. I just said make sure to put it on. Whatever I did, it was very basic. But we at least someone said something. Right? Yes, it was the it was the elephant condom in the right. room. That was so old school. Yeah, and yeah, definitely there was plenty of elephants galloping, prancing around. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, but I mean, kid, you know, and. There was like a crazy story of someone who, you know, met someone in a club, hooked up, and they just found their bot. I mean, it was like, you know, got murdered. I mean, there's all crazy shit that happened. And kind of like the from that. But it gave me stage time. And then I found, started doing open mics around the city, including, I guess, the Eagle on 14th Street. Right? Was that it? A 14th, it was on. The Eagle's on. Is it on 14th? No, it's on. Well, the Eagle, the gay Eagle leather bars on like 20th. It's like 23rd or, or 25th. Something, something west. Yeah. But this was the. Eagle Tavern, it was next to where comics was briefly. 13th. 14th Street. Yeah. And that was like way back. And I, one of the, I guess, I, for, I mean, Rich Brooks would know the guy. He said to me, oh, that's so-and-so. I'm like, oh, I forgot what he said. But 
<laughs> this guy saw me. He's like, yeah, I'll, you know, you should do this show. I'll, you know, I'll pay you. You do whatever. So I go to the thing, and it's like two guys that are up before me are like, they're like a dice clay style knockoff and yeah. a Eddie yeah. Murphy style mar- knockoff. In those days, in those was, days, that were the big shit. They were the big deal. So they were opened up like, yeah, I kicked her in the cunt, and then all these was like, woo, and I'm like, that's my act. <laughs> <laughs> they stole it. They totally hacked my act. <laughs> totally. They, they Carlos Mencia'd you. Uh, they totally and Prealia'd me. Stealed you. Um, yeah. So I was like the closer, and I didn't well, open with like I kicked her in the. I assaulted a woman. Woo! I just said, <laughs> I just said, hey guys, how's it going? And one guy just like felt me not being whatever is hard or right. whatever those guys were, and he grabs this. A, a, a chair and he's like get off the stage faggot and then the whole room hears it it's like a you know and if one guy says it and they don't all join in then they're all gay too exactly. so they all started saying it and he's like holding it up waving and then tries to hit me with it right and now i'm like completely traumatized i have yeah i have no idea i've been living in this little rainbow bubble of guys in, at, you know, like, at FIT with wedding gowns and veils and yeah. makeup and shit. So I didn't know. And tolerant straight men. Right, right. And well, overwhelmed straight men that were like, <laughs> well, we can't say anything because there's five of us. Yeah, you know? we're going to get gangbanged. <laughs> we're going to get gangbanged. Yeah. say anything. <laughs> mm. And we, not everyone. And not your brown eye for the straight guy. <laughs> not, not, not all those straight, not all those big football straight guys were completely straight, too. Oh, honey, the bigger they are, the louder they scream. Oh, my God. I, I was like, <laughs> one guy was like moving his pecs like separate. You know how they do yeah, that separate yeah. pec thing? And we're like, is he sending me a message? Is this Morse code? <laughs> is this Morse code for coming come to the room at the end of the hall? But anyway, um, yeah, so I panicked. And I, I think I finished myself. I don't, my ears were hot. Sure. And like, I just felt, you know, that high frequency sound you hear, like a, like it's beyond, like an emergency signal on the TV, <laughs> TV, the olden days when we had yeah. TVs and we'd be like, hey, this is a message of yeah. the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. This is only a test. Beep. I, hearing that in my head and there's this, you know, I'm doing a matrix move, void the chair, and then. I guess I finished my set. I don't. Re- I don't remember what I was even right. doing. Of course, because you had an out of body experience. Right, and then I just took the money from the booker, ran down the fire exit, and I didn't do stand up for twenty two years. What? Yeah, crazy. But I didn't tell anyone because I was embarrassed. I was like a big star on campus, and I didn't want to tell people that my first official paid gig. They said, "Get off the stage." It was just. They have the, to- the fucking tiki torches and everything coming after you. Like, what are you supposed to do? Hey, did you hear about the one about the bottom? <laughs> I, I just, I, I didn't have really gay material then, or maybe I'd, I don't know. It wasn't. Honestly, you probably didn't because back then, gay comics couldn't talk about it. I don't, I don't taboo. remember. I mean, I remember talking about, I mean, I maybe made one gay joke. Sure. At FIT, like. Why do? Why is everyone in New York? Why does everyone at FIT wear black? Because I mean, obviously we're all fashionable, so everyone wore black. I said, because I said, what? Are, what was the? And this is so. Oh God! Because all the, oh, because all the women and men are looking for a boyfriend, <laughs> and the women are. I think that said something like the women are mourning, or something. I, whatever it was, it was so old school, but everyone at school got it, and I just thought that's the gayest joke I've told. I mean, wow. not that gay, but. 
but back then it was. Yeah, but that, but back then it was like that was pretty flamboyant, and I wasn't even. I don't think I was even. I was definitely not out to that room, but I was just doing jokes about. I don't even. I, I don't remember. I was sweating. I was yeah. panicking, but I wasn't. I didn't open saying you know, assault women. Yeah, and I, I, I did at this time. I also became. This is a weird old school. I became the the costume designer for Judy Tenuta. So old school, like one of the original pigs. <laughs> hey pigs. Uh, let's party. And and she was like with Emo Phillips. Yep. And so another great. Uh another original. And this is so old school. Um, so I was her costume designer, and then I would be at all these events with her, like at the Joan Rivers show or right. on Howard Stern. That's how I got on Howard Stern originally. It's like right. she'd bring me along. I'd be dressing her for stuff. He started having TV shows too. Like they were trying with W uh K O R whatever the station, the local station he was in uh here, he was doing some so they had she dressed up like Roseanne Barr and he dressed up like her husband. Like, they did all this crazy stuff. And so I was on the set with them and that thought it'd be funny. Hey, let's bring the gay guy out and say, you know, they would even say, are you gay? They just said, hey, do you like women? You know, and it was like, ah, you know, like, uh, and I, 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 you know, I riffed back at him and I'm right. like voguing out of this camera. But it was like, that was a crazy, in those days, just to say, was, do you like women? That's like scandal. Yeah, it was very scandalous back then. Very scandalous. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was on the show a couple of times, like the radio show a bunch of times because I would just tag along with her and, and do whatever and it was it was the adrenaline rush of that like cause yeah. that there was no cable there was no nope. youtube this was howard stern was like the only place that wasn't like the tonight show or one or two other slots like right the late night you know, mm -hmm. letterman that comedians appeared to anybody in the media yeah so True. it was like the portal was howard stern so being on that was just like oh my god that i just i've been I was on it. I was on it. You know, or they see the show. They saw me on the TV show when it came out, and you know, like I, I was like thrilled, but also, you know, I'm riding a, a limousine back from all these events with Judy, and meeting like you know Michael Bolton, Grace Jones, Joe Rivers, all, you know, all kinds of celebrities, and then I go back in the stretch limo to all the gay icons, all the gay icons, <laughs> right? And then, and then I'm in my dorm room with a hot pot and ramen. You know? Yeah. Oh. If that is so, that is like the best description of stand-up comedy. Like, there's times, like the, the sometimes, because I'm Dice's side chick and right. Dice Clay's side chick when Eleanor is not available, because that's never gonna happen. But sometimes I go on the road with him. So there was one couple weeks. I'm in limos, being treated like a goddess. You know, I'm opening for Dice, and then I come home in a limo with Dice. The limo drops me off at my apartment, and the next night I had to do a VFW benefit for the veterans out in Bergen and North Bergen, New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next day I'm on a bus at Port Authority going to North Bergen and a crazy guy guiding me because I had no I have never been on a bus in New York City before. And I'm like and I took a picture of myself in the limo that night, look my feet and the limo driver's head way in the front. And then the next night I took a picture of my feet on the bus and I go in a twenty four hour span, this is the best way to sum up stand up comedy. Right. Right. It's it's so oh, crazy. You never I mean I mean I've done gigs like in Gutenberg, New Jersey. I'm 
biking using my bicycle. Uh-huh. I have my PA in the back of my yep. bike. My little <laughs> this is a hand. This is not a little e-bike. This is a regular just bicycle 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 with school a bicycle. school bicycle school bicycle with just wheels and my feet powering it. Yeah, and the basket in the back with my my uh you know speaker and my wire for my microphone. And I'm going to this you know private party with my own mic on a bike. Yeah. That's just so, that's so the life that we, it's so funny. Like, even with this show, I show up at the comic strip, but it's all my equipment. So I have like this big camera bag on my back. I'm like a walking podcast studio. It's so funny, but, and it's fantastic that we have this technology now versus back then where we, you know, had to MacGyver things and, you know, and and figure shit out. But it's, but it's, it's so crazy. So you didn't do stand-up for 22 years. So what brought you back? What was the moment? I, you know, I, I was, I did perform with, I was performing stand-up with Judy for seven. I was with her for seven years. I performed with her for five. Okay. So, but it was her show. Yeah. Right? So right. I'm like in all these crazy outfits, you know, headdresses and harnesses. And, you know, I'm in a harness swiggy from the seal, you know, from the right. theater. Raptor. So... I mean, you would call that, but it wasn't my voice. It right. was her exactly. show. It was her, it, you were doing what she wanted you to yeah, do I versus was like, just doing what you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah so course. I didn't feel like, I mean, I was definitely in the business, yeah. right? Oh, but, yeah. But it's so like right, you know, right next to the, you're so co-pilot, not even co-pilot. You're like, you know, I'm the sidekick. I'm yeah, the, you're totally. I'm the like gay Vanna White for everything she did. I was like, okay, come out and grab, I would grab people from the audiences and bring them on stage and then like do weird shit with them, do this whole bit, right. whatever she was leading or I would have, I would keep changing costumes. I would make guys. In those days, like the big finish for the show was like she would have a, a this is how radical it was. She would have a gay wedding. Ah. Uh. But it was the bad. But it was like this is like eighties and nineties. So there, yeah. the, but this wasn't even in the 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 paradigm of wasn't what even the scope would... of things of right. what comedy was so, talking about because I the don't... world wasn't even talking no, about. No, they were scared of it right. because of the AIDS so, epidemic. So she really pushed this envelope of like, what are you most afraid of? And I'm going to humiliate you and make it funny. And so she would get guys on stage, and then I would just you know you throw like a negligee over their shoulders and the, whatever, right. and then I come out, you know she'd make them do vows, and then right. I would come out at the end. They play YMCA the wedding song, and I come out and we straddle them on each other and then I'd be in this giant like Madonna tit outfit with like a tiger headdress and right. surprise them with the boobs that pop out of this cocoon and right. then I'm like on my back making them breastfeed off me. This is like yeah. ridiculous. Exactly. And we would go like what the hell is that today? But in those <laughs> days that was like so crazy. Yep. So due to technical difficulties because the batteries dropped dead. <laughs> Wow, that was that's old school. Yeah, that's really old school when the shit fucking dies. Right, no, it's perfect. That's, just like my it... career, just die. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when COVID came, it's like the battery. It's just everything just stopped. Yeah, exactly. It's been we're it's in, in lockdown. We're in locked. Yeah, we're in motion. So we we're talking about Judy Tenuta being like the Madonna of stand-up comedy. Yeah, in those days, and in fact, she would also do parodies of her that she would dress up like her. She could do Cher, she could do Madonna, she could do all these characters, and she really could distort her face and make those yep. voices. And she was doing. Ivana Trump, because Ivana Trump was still a thing. And I was her bug. Yeah, because it's so old school. The bodies are rotting downstairs of the comics that didn't make it out alive. So the flies. The flies are literally. They got a decomposing comic downstairs. Right. They got a decomposing. Who's hosting tonight, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Only 
at the comic strip and we let old people in here right. too. That's no, real. None of the other clubs do. Right, right. They're so inclusive. They, yeah. they let the dead. Yeah, dead they're like, we're inclusive unless, but we're ageist. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So she was definitely kind of the cutting edge at the time. Like Comedy Central was launched by having Judy Tenuta harnessed to the on top of the Times Square ball, and she was raised in Times Square to, to announce the beginning of Comedy Central. That's it was so, I mean, there was just some low tech thing and they were pulling her up in this, and her, it wasn't, Comedy Central's not union, so they hoisted her up and then her hair got caught in the cable, you uh-huh. know, and meanwhile, I made the gown she's wearing and it looks amazing, but now she's stuck. Right. And she literally had to like pull parts of her hair out of her head so that she could be free of this cable and they could, you know, pulling her back down. Oh my God, it was, yeah, that's... That's old, but that's yeah, exactly. But I, I think like you're saying, like, uh, like coming back in the limo. I would. We were in Vegas. It was me and Emma Phillips and Judy Tenuta, and I'm sitting and Bob Rumba, who is a vitriolicist impersonator. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all sitting in this hotel room, and we're just having breakfast. And Judy is serving us pancakes. You know, they bring you room yeah. service. Uh-huh. But she still had that kind of that, domestic you know, like thing. I'm the wife, you know, I'm going right. to take care of everybody. Right. I didn't I didn't know at the time that they were married. They were just always hanging out and then I didn't I just thought they were just friends. I mean, it was not out. Right. And Howard That's and people true. people knew, but people didn't know. And even Howard was like, "Are you and even and she would deny it." And I was like, "Funny because it's like now it doesn't really matter." Yeah. It's been But, but also too to her credit back then like it's even even now like women have a harder time Hi, me. Um, when you're not affiliated, I'll just use that word. You know, if you're not banging or married or blowing a male comic headliner. And it's a lot harder for us that stay in our lane and, and run our own thing and don't do that shit. Because that's just the law of the land for women. And it's sad, but it is what it is. And now with technology and the plus side, it's changing that with the followers and the viral videos and all that stuff, which is good, but at the same time, it's causing problems. Do you find now, if uh, goddamn dead bodies, <laughs> do you find now with technology, the way like Instagram and TikTok and all this bullshit is going, is it making it easier for you or harder for you for like bookings and stuff now? Because the whole game has changed. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, first of all, like I am barely, I mean, I I participate in social media. I'm just getting into the TikTok. I think I've spent, I don't know, the last decade or two just healing my desire to get external validation to make me feel okay. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But I am a comedian. All my job is is to get people to laugh, which is external validation. But it also, because I I know exactly what you're talking about, because I spend a lot of years working on myself from the inside out, because we are all broken. We're all sad clowns. So instead of fixing the problem inside, we go for that outside adoration, and we feed off the audience laughter. And we get addicted to it. So a lot of comics in the 80s got addicted to Coke because it's the same effect as getting laughs and killing on stage and they wanted to maintain that high and i spent a lot of years working on myself so now i feel really great in my skin i'm happy i'm at peace i love my life i don't even give a shit nothing i don't sweat the small stuff 
but I still get off on making people laugh, but it's different now. Right. Now it's like, I get to make you laugh and take your problems away. And that makes me feel good. Not so much, I need your laughter to fill me up because I'm empty and void. You know, right, now it's right. like, I get to make people laugh and, and just forget their troubles for an hour. Right, right. I mean, I when I was a kid, I was only a teen. I mean, doing these shows with Judy was like mind blowing. I mean, I performed at the Vic Theater, which is like, I guess the parallel to the Beacon Theater in New right. York mm -hmm. in Chicago on New Year's Eve with her and and Emo Phillips, and I'm like this love slave. And you understand, I was out in high school, and the I did a little talk show in Chicago. It went, I guess, viral for cable in those days. Was sure. like it aired 16 times over the summer, and then everyone knew I was gay. And then they were protesting, and kids didn't want me to be in my school. They didn't want me to drink from the water fountain. This is how dumb it was. They were like, if you drink from the water fountain, we're all going to die of AIDS. I'm like, I'm not even fucking people because I am still Catholic and saving myself. And I'm a lady. <laughs> I'm, a la I'm saving myself for marriage. I mean, I was so Catholic. I was like, oh, it's I'm so gay, funny. but I'm still saving my... I mean, I met a guy at the gay youth group. And I remember him, he was just like trying to put his hand up my shirt. We were kissing. He put his hand up my shirt. I'm like, stop. I'm saving myself from marriage. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I was still Catholic. Okay? Yeah, I was it's, still. It's I was great. I was 14 years old. I was still Catholic. I mean, whatever. I probably still have you're like, internalized. You're like, excuse me, my communion is still wet on my body. I haven't even dried from my communal dress yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I I still had, I don't know, but the kids in school were like, were literally protesting and they had to like stop class because there was a gay person in the school. So that's how old school the world I came from. But um, what were we talking about before? About how it is now with social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just now uh, I'm totally I'm participating in it and like build the brand and like like I don't know like I my club the laughter comedy club I've been doing it for 13 years and as a comic a way fantastic if you're in Jersey City or even New York City go to Jersey yeah, City. Yeah, people so have come fun. from Scranton, Pennsylvania to the yeah. You have regulars there. I've met a lot of the regulars now. They're like, we just come every week because we never know. It's going to be so fun. Yeah, and there's, there's, uh, because of Google. So this is a different, slightly different than like TikTok or sure whatever. But because there's over 150 five star Google reviews now, when you search for comedy, my club is the first thing that comes up. Oh, that's it's insane. I am quote unquote nobody. I mean, I am so. Like in terms of old school, I am so new school to comedy club ownership. Right. Yep. I, whatever. I didn't plan on this. I just, I mean, it's a little more backstory. So my my partner Sandy Gunner uh, was also my manager, but he was like he managed a lot of comedians and, and, and actors for commercial commercials auditions and things. And uh, during the pandemic, he died from COVID, and so that's so sad. Our, and so. Um, I just was basically doing Zoom grief groups, and I couldn't really see people because at the time there, we had just started getting vaccines. But it, you know, he died literally. I got my my second. I got my first vaccine when he was in the coma, and my second vaccine the second day or the day after he was buried. So it was like you had to do the, the first two vaccines, oh, the two yeah. weeks apart to like. I got be... I got Delta really bad at, at like the beginning of January 2021, and the vaccine came out in March. So I was like, oh, I just missed it. <laughs> but and then I had to wait until April to like get my first shot because they said you had to wait a certain amount of time. Right, right. Before you could get it, take the shot. But I was just like, leave it to me. 
<laughs> right. Right. Trust me. Like, we were, like, careful. We wore masks. We weren't doing any of that stuff. And, like. That you just don't know. And then, like, he did eat out once. And I'm, like, I said, you know, as a. Who? <laughs> that's a good old school time. <laughs> gotta have a rim shot in there somewhere <laughs> oh, I'm sure there were rim shots there were plenty rim job in the relationship <laughs> there were always lots of rim shots in the relationship that's what kept it going um, hello hello um, but yeah I mean I never said anything and that's the as a we were doing a lot of we were doing couples therapy on zoom we were doing two couples group meetings twice a week so we were three times a week really working on the relationship so we had an agreement that we wouldn't go you know eat out you know right. in a restaurant because it hadn't it was still bef- way before the the uh vaccines but he did eat out with some friend and i'm like and i didn't say anything other than oh and we don't we don't know if that's what it where he got it or we, we will never know you'll we'll, never, yeah, we'll we'll never know because but it, just, and it doesn't matter like, yeah, he's doesn't going matter. i told you so means nothing i mean obviously he's dead so yeah none of that argument matters but it really and it was such a painful period of my life. But that's when I was like, well, I'm still doing these Zoom shows. I did a Zoom show right after I buried him because I just, I needed to tell you jokes. Need, yeah, you need it. Therapy. And, and I even told jokes, I told jokes about it, even though it was really dark. Because there were people come to the Zoom show every week yeah. and they knew my story. So like, it was dark, but they were laughing. But it was also like, I just needed to do it. I mean, hell after, yeah. After, hell yeah. After the Zoom show. Andy would have wanted you to do that too. I mean, that was funny. He used to be. I would be on my Zoom laptop in in the living room, and he would be in the bedroom on his, you know, hustling uh, uh, um, auditions or whatever. But he would also be watching the show. And one time during the show, he fell asleep and was snoring <laughs> during my show. I had to literally go to everyone. <laughs> I mean, look, he loved me. I know he loved. Me. I did not doubt that. But I'm like, he's he's tired. Like, don't watch the show. Just go to bed. Don't sleep. Are you mute? <laughs> Fucking mute, bitch. <laughs> Keep it cute and put it on mute. Like, uh, right? But uh, so funny. But I, so it, so I did find uh, the inside uh, Dorian's red hand is. There's one in New York City and up, up here on the Upper East Side, just yeah, over, over yeah. here. Uh-huh. And then there's another Dorian's in Jersey City in Newport, uh, 555 Washington Boulevard, across from the Newport Penn Station and the Newport uh, Light Rail in Newport Mall. Um, uh, they have a Dorian's there, and it's a large, I don't know, 300-seat thing, and they have an event room. Right. And it's private. And I just sort of saw it. And people had done some comedy there over the years, but I didn't, you know, no one had a regular thing happen. Right. And I walked up to them. I said, hey, you know, I... You know, I, I like. Can I do some comedy here? And they looked at me like, "Oh, sure, go for it." And I, they didn't tell me at the time. They're like, "Yeah, this guy, please." For the last twenty years, everyone that's gone in that room with comedy, with music, with uh, speed dating, died. Died. Yeah, it just it, it ate a death. But, it, but it's it's in the Wall Street area of Jersey City, so it's like a mall next to all the financial buildings. So yep. nothing happens there on Friday. There's nothing, and it's 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 so great to get to because it's so well, easy. It's right across the street from the, sta- from the, the station. station. And yeah. you're next to the Marriott Hotel. And you're next to a a cozy sandwich, and then this. It, it's very. It's just a business mall, so it's yeah. safe, but it's like there's, it's not a place that people want to hang out at night. But I mean, not at, happening at late at night at like eleven o'clock till three a.m. on Fridays and Saturdays. All the wedding venues along the waterfront that overlook Manhattan, where they have the wedding, they all come there because they always, there's room for a hundred people to come. Of get course, free. yeah, it's a big place. It's a big place. So 
they just don't have anything happening between like five and ten p.m. Sure. So it was the perfect marriage, and it was look, I was it was dead for the first year. I had like four or five people per show. But that's I building. But I, but I didn't care, and also I think in a way because Sandy had died, and not that. It just was that it didn't matter because nothing was worse than holding him in my arms while his body went cold. Like you can't, there's, I can't imagine anything worse, right? And so, I mean, because he was in a coma and then the last- Not even like bombing at a, you know. I would rather like, bomb. bomb. I think I would rather bomb. That's how bad, I mean- I'm teasing. No, no, I'm just no, trying to an asshole. Right, right. I am. <laughs> although, I'm a fucking asshole. Although I do, I do remember the feeling of like, that was the bad, like, why can't I be in the coma now? <laughs> like, like, I didn't count. I wasn't here. That was my, that was astrally projecting. That wasn't me. That was an entity. Yeah. Uh yeah no but it, yeah but at least but it was bombing you could live again you know hello no how bad it was but so but I think that gave me the superpower of like I don't give a fuck if there's four people we're doing the show I'm gonna keep doing it because I didn't see I needed to do something and yeah. all the comics were happy to just find a room that wasn't on Zoom yeah and they were all willing to come out it was easy to get to and even for women I don't I don't like having to. Okay, well, so and so will walk you to the, the subway station right. because it's like a, I mean, I will do that, but I yeah. just this is a place where I don't have to think about it. It's, no, it's so it's well lit, it's safe, yeah. and it's easy. Like I literally walked to the train last night because I'm like, oh, I have six minutes to get to the train. I was there in two and a half minutes. Right, it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and you have the schedule. You can see yep. everything. All the it's apps beautiful. now, you know what's happening. So, uh, but yeah, so then after about a year of like just a couple of people, it just started selling. I had 41 sold out shows, and I'm like. Well, we need to do three shows. Okay, we need to do four shows because it's just yeah, it's throwing people away. Yeah, so it's great. I mean, I I am so great. I mean, last night I kind of came home because we had such a great that last show was oh, no. the late it, show was insane. I loved the first show. I loved them. They, they, they were all good. phenomenal. But there's something that ha some shows are just like, oh my god, what's? I mean, I did 15 up top just because. They were, just, they were just delicious. They were just so crazy. And I was like, well, I'm going to, they lit me. I'm like, well, I don't know how long the light is, but I'm still, I have still more scooping to do here because this part and that part. And it just was like, it's so far. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, is the booker going to fire me? Yeah. I am the booker. Yeah. I made I'll just sleep with the owner. What? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it does make a difference to have a host that's solid. Like, you have, I, I think these shows, they have these. Look, I support all comics in their journey, but don't put someone who doesn't know how to host in the hosting position. The host is the conductor. Right. It's like you don't have a jerk off at the Philharmonic, you know, just waving a baton for no apparent reason. That conductor keeps that band on point. And you have to have a strong host. If you don't, your show is going to tank because then it's like it dies. And then you got to go up. I've been on many shows where the host was just a novice and, and had no experience, didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And then I'm like, well, fuck my act. I got to go up with a shovel and get these bodies yeah. out of here. Yeah, warm them back up. And I have yeah. the host for the host. And it's right. like, right. why am I doing all the hard work and they're getting paid for it? Like, this right. is bullshit. Right. And oh. It's just a funny thing. I don't know. You're a fantastic host. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I love it. I it's it's become like this. I I I just love it. I can't. I think in New York, it's not held in the, the with the respect that like at Eng, like I, I the software I use for booking is from England, from <laughs> the UK. The guys that designed it, they do uh, comedy shows and shows like the Ed, uh, the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Fest. Uh huh. Uh, and so they have all this technology that 
for hundreds of shows. And so they actually, the MC is just as important as the headliner. It's a, it's a whole different category. Yeah. It's a, it's like the engineer and the caboose of the train. You have to. They treat it completely differently there. So they were asking me like, why is it this way? I'm like, oh, well they don't really, well that's weird because we, that's a particular category of, of importance. And I'm like, oh, well, so we try to set up the software to work. Anyway, it's just a funny thing to notice like the other parts of the world. It's, yeah. Like we we think of the Oscars as the host of the Oscars as the most important, but we don't think that way in a comedy show in 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 America. Yeah, in America. Like we, we every like the like the late night talk shows. You have a host that runs. That's the strong entity of the show, and everybody comes on and has a killer set, whatever it is they're doing. And 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 with comedy, they think, oh, just put anybody up there. It's not a big deal. Like they don't respect the host position as a real spot. Right. And the host position is your conductor, you know, and that's the person who's going to navigate the entire audience to and that's their job. And it's like it's you've got to have someone strong. And I think this is a, a good way to t- tie back into like TikTok and Instagram right. is that and I and I I admire anyone that can go viral in TikTok. Yeah. It's, it's a skill. It's a skill. That is a very specific skill set, but it's a different skill set to hold a room mm-hmm. for more than 30 seconds. I mean, some people, I know great comics that I have, like Gus Constantinel is, is amazing. He's a TikTok and Instagram sensation, but live, he is spectacular. Yeah, he's adorable. He, Gus is adorable. He is great. So he he is like the living proof that a talent can do both. Well, but yeah, sometimes he comes just comes from stand up yeah, and then went into TikTok, TikTok because he had the foundation. Right. A lot of these new comics started on Zoom in the pandemic or on TikTok or on Instagram or the little skits or the little silly videos and then they have all this sense, this frosting for the cake but there's no cake to frost and they go on stage and they eat a dick. And yeah. it's terrible. I mean, I haven't seen it but like as a as a since I have my own comedy club, I don't put anyone up regardless of how, I mean, some person has, I don't know, 20 million views on something. I don't care. Give me a five-minute unedited video of you performing, and then I will try you out. Yeah. And if you do well in my particular room, because I've seen people in New York kill it, they come to my room, and nothing. Yeah. And I watched, and I give them multiple times, and I'm like, okay, I can't do this anymore, because it's the most painful five minutes of silence. Even as I saw them kill in New York. I'm like, you just have to kill in this room. The city clubs are different than road clubs. And even though yours is a club, like considered a city club, and a city five, it's still a road. It's a Prius. It's a little bit of city, but mostly. It's a real audience. Like they're real Real people going out to see a show and have fun versus a bunch of drunks on McDougal Street that don't give a fuck what's on stage because there's alcohol being poured. And it's a whole different vibe, but your room is so much fun. So tell everybody where the room's at again. Oh, the Laugh Tour Comedy Club is in Jersey City, inside Dorian's Red Hand, at 555 Washington Boulevard, across from the Newport Path Station. It's accessible from the Path Station, accessible from the uh, light rail. across the street. Literally across the street, uh, just north of the Western Hotel, just uh, west of the Marriott, Courtyard Marriott. Uh, yeah, in Jersey City, you can always Google just the Laughter Comedy Club in Jersey City. Or if you forget, just Google comedy in New Jersey. It will be the number one hit. Exactly. It is crazy. And there's four shows, two shows a night, Fridays and Saturdays. So yeah. Saturdays, uh, Fridays is 7. Fr- yeah, Fridays is 7.30, 9.45. And uh, Fridays, 7.30, 9.45. Saturdays, 6.30, 6.30. and 9. Yeah. You can go follow uh, the Laugh Tour the T H E L A U G H T O U R underscore on Instagram and TikTok, which is just sort of emerging. We're starting to put stuff on there. You can see the laugh tour 
uh, on TikTok as well. And you can follow me, Rich Kiamko, R-I-C-H-K-I-A-M as in Mark, C as in Charlie, O. Oh, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so I like to wrap up the podcast every week with my comics. And I love these two questions because these two questions are amazing. And it really tells a lot about people and it gets to share other like perspectives of stand up. Is there a comedian that has done a bit that made you go, God damn it, that was brilliant. I wish I had written that. Uh, Sam Morrison. Oh, nice. Is incredible com- comedian. Yes. Now, when my partner Sandy was in a coma, he was DMing me about how uh, intubation works, what to look for, and how, what the step. You know, he was just like calming me. You know, right. calming me down. I had no idea that while he was trying to help me and support me through my like freaking out about this coma, his partner had just died. Oh my god! So I did, and he didn't even tell anyone. This was like in March when I was kind of or February, March when I was freaking out. Right. And then in March 16th, my partner died. And his partner had died in February. He didn't say anything. He didn't even post it to social media till like July. And I was, and I respect that. Everyone has their own journey with grief, how they deal with it, how they wrap it, how they express it, and whatever they disclose. So I honor that. And I wanted to have on my on my podcast, WTY Pod, that's We There Yet podcast. I wanted to have him on and interview him. He said, I'd love to be on your podcast, but I don't want to discuss, you know, the loss of part of his process. And I respect that too. But he does have a one-man show, which was uh, incredible. And he does a joke. I mean, the whole show is a, is a long extended joke about loss and yeah, grief. He's hilarious. He's spectacular. And I remember him trying out little pieces of jokes at, you know, where different pop ups of the laugh tour it, before it was at Dorian's, it was at another place and right. on the, at Zoom, whatever. And he was doing bits about it. And I'm like, I didn't know. I, I just really respected that he could do like He got someone, uh, he got held up and someone was stealing his phone. Give me your phone. He's like, uh, no. And no, give me your phone. He's like, well, not yet. I, it has fo- photos of my dead partner on it. You know, And like he just, and he just goes through this whole set about that. And it's like, it was so funny. And I was just watching going, oh my God, I want that. That's such a great, like, I want that outfit. That's such a great outfit. On yes. You. It would have looked good on me. I have a different, slightly different story. Right, but of course. That he did, he was able to do it in such an amazing way. And I saw his entire show when he did it uh, in New York. The whole Playhouse? The whole Playhouse. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And I was just like, ah. Oh. So I, that I respect. It's, it's not like a specific joke. It's like no, but that the, uh, the premise, the it, premise of yeah. that. It's like he's oh, so talented, so spe- and then he was doing the jokes of it, you know, on on late night on, yeah. on Seth Meyers. So it's incredible. So that that was so inspiring to me. Uh, and I guess the other question is the old. So the, uh, so the other question is um, because us comics, we like to sit in the green room and tell funny jokes and try to make each other laugh with street jokes, and because I opened for Paul Mooney for so many years. He would close his set with street jokes. That's how you knew he was wrapping up. He would tell his favorite street jokes, but he would mooneyize them. He would change it around a little bit, make it a Paul Mooneyized joke, like he re- mm-hmm. and, and destroy the room, like almost get standing O's because he would put his twist to it. And brilliant. So we all love a good street joke. So I always love to ask you guys, what's your go-to street joke? You know, so I don't use street jokes in that way. But I think of like my mom, yeah. who is old school from the Philippines, from a rice pad. You know, <laughs> she lived twenty-one people in a grass hut, one room. So very different, very New York. <laughs> very New York. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, okay, bitch. <laughs> but except in New York, you have potable water <laughs> and white privilege. <laughs> well, uh, there is those down Canal Street, and they have <laughs> fake bags and great food, honey. <laughs> so she was trying to help me. She's like, Richard, I have this jug. You can use it for your volunteer work. You know, I'm like, it's called a career mom. <laughs> your volunteer work. I love volunteer work. So I got it on the Hotmail. It's so it's very popular. <laughs> Like hotmail, yeah. So it's some joke that's being passed. It's a Filipino joke that's being passed around. She's like, okay, so the the joke is okay. Ready? So here's the joke. Okay, you can use this. You can use it. So ah, there are three bears in a car going over the bridge. The mother bear, the father bear, and the baby bear in the back. They are driving over the bridge, and the car flashes into the. into the ocean, into the river, because it's below the bridge. So it splashes, and two bears get wet. One bear stays dry. So which bear is it? Is it the uh, the father bear who's driving, the mother bear in the passenger seat, or is it the baby bear in the box? And I'm like, I don't know. She's like, you have to guess. guess. Part of the joke. I'm like, um, the mother bear. No, it's wrong. Okay, uh, the baby bear in the box. She's like, no. I'm like, okay, so the dad. Yeah, well, why? She's like, because he is the dry bear. The dry. <laughs> you can use it. The no, dry you... bear. You, you can use it. <laughs> you can use it with your bun and dinner. It's not funny. And I'm like, mom, that's an assault <laughs> on comedy. On comedy <laughs> and on my dream. Yes. But that's my mom trying to love me. Oh, you know, like trying to relate. She's trying to, you know, she doesn't. This is the same mother that we were watching in her airplane, mm-hmm. and like they're on a plane that's about to crash, and all these crazy things are happening. Yeah, and and we're all laughing watching it. I'm with all my friends, and my mom's like, "Why are you laughing? There is a nun on the plane. They're all going to die." <laughs> and then we would laugh more. It's not funny. Look at these people. They're all going to die. <laughs> she didn't get it. She didn't get it. She's so cute. She's cute. That's old school. That's so old no, school. Old school. That's yeah. old of old That's school. really old school. That's before school. Right. <laughs> That's pre pre preschool. Pre millennial school. <laughs> oh my God, Rich. I love you so much for being on here. I love you. Thank you. I know. I'm so me. I know. Of course. Anytime. I adore you. Anytime. Well, you guys, if you love us, please like, subscribe, and share the show. <laughs> And you can follow us at Old School Comedy at uh, on Instagram. You can follow me at Christy Miller Comedy. You can follow him at Rich Kiamko and at the Laugh Tour underscore on Instagram. And uh, thanks for being here. We love you guys, and we will see you next week, bitch. Deuces. Hey,